You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and here's the reality of it, guys. There's going to be days where there's nothing going on with Texas A&M. Right now, there's nothing going on. The basketball season is still on postponement because of COVID-19. We don't know if there's going to be a game this upcoming week. There's no one signing because National Signing Day has not arrived. So, today, we're going to focus in on the future of the SEC in general. And I'm going to rank all 14 teams going into the 2021 season. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out. I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M finished the year off 9-1, including a big-time bowl victory in the Orange Bowl over North Carolina to improve as the second-best team in the SEC. They finished as the number four team in the country, the highest they've been since 1939, and with a full-fledged class and an entire roster built by Jimbo Fisher entering his fourth year in College Station. How good can this team be? The reality is, it's really not even how good he can be. It's about how good everyone else can be around him, which means Alabama, which means LSU, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, all the other teams that could be in the running for the college football playoff conversation need to stink as much as A&M needs to be great. Everything's really starting off right on their hands because right now Alabama might be sitting as the crown pinnacle jewel of the college football realm. Naturally, they should, because they won the national title. They won all of their games, including a big-time 52-24 victory over Ohio State, proving that they were the most unstoppable tide in 2020. But, much like the 2019 LSU Tigers, all good things must come to an end, and Nick Saban will be losing more than just players that he has to replace. He also will be losing his offensive line coach and one of his top key assistants. He also is losing Steve Sarkeesian to become the head coach at the University of Texas. And while there's rumors that Jeremy Pruitt could be returning to Tuscaloosa, there's no guarantee that he's going to have the same amount of success that he had before he went on to rock the top in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, on top of all that, there's going to be the players you have to replace. It's more than just one name. Mac Jones, the quarterback, is gone. You also are losing Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, three of your offensive linemen, two of your defensive linemen, one of your linebackers, and three members of the secondary. So as good as Alabama was in 2019 and 2020, now they have to start preparing for life in 2021. So... Let's just break this down for what I believe will be the case for every single team in 2021. Last place in the SEC. To me, it's still Vanderbilt. I like Vanderbilt a lot. I think Clark Leah is a fantastic hire. I think when you look at what Clark Leah did for Notre Dame this past season, shows the adaptability that he can be in the Music City. He can recreate their entire defense, create a brand new style of defensive play that really stands tall over time. 
But same time, it takes months and months and even possibly years to build a team with as bad as a record as Vanderbilt has been the last few seasons under Derek Mason and create a winning culture there. Now, just hear me out on this as well. The Commodores offense with a freshman quarterback in Ken Seals only allowed, uh, only scored 14.8 points per game. That was the lowest in the SEC in the last four years. They also surrendered 37.3 points per game. So Leah's background should diminish that value on the defense side of the ball. But what's it do for offensively? Are you going to build around Ken Seals? Can you immediately take this team and turn it into a really standout performance? I don't think so. I think it's going to take at least two years for this team to be back on top, or really just in the conversation in general for anything close to what we have seen in the past. 13. A lot of people are going to be shocked with this one. I don't really care. 13 is Tennessee. Tennessee is in bad, bad, bad shape. It's more than just losing Jeremy Pruitt. It's more than just the sanctions. It's more than just anything other than what we've seen. You are losing so much talent. Not just in the NFL draft like Trey Smith. You're losing guys like Henry Toto to the transfer portal. You're losing guys such as uh, Christian Campbell and the other running back, I forget his name, uh, Jonathan Gray, I think is it. You're losing them to the transfer portal. They want to play for Jeremy Pruitt. They want to play for this roster. They don't want to play for a team with sanctions. They don't want to play for a team that has a ton of problems off the field. And Kevin Steele, good defensive mind. He's definitely not head coaching material, and I will stand by that for as long as I can. He's not. But you are taking away so much from this Tennessee team. And they have road games against Kentucky, against Florida, against Missouri. They're in Tuscaloosa next season. Lane Kiffin's going to be coming back to Knoxville for the first time since he was, you know, you saw mattresses being burnt on campus when he snubbed them. You're going to be in for a long season if you are the volunteers. This is not a fun job. This is not a job that people are going to be so enticed to hire. And yeah, Peyton Manning has come out and said, I'm going to help make the next hire. I love Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning is one of the smartest football players who's ever graced the gridiron. There's not a chance in hell that this team is good next year. There's not a chance that any of this looks good next year. I honestly would not be shocked if they are worse than Vanderbilt by the end of the season. Coming in at number 12, I'm going to go with South Carolina. I like Shane Beamer. I think Shane Beamer is one of those hires that when you break it down, they really are a fun name because of they're bringing that Big 12 offense to the SEC. But let's look at this for a second. That air raid system that was so popular at Texas Tech and Washington State was brought to Mississippi State. Is it getting any better? Probably not. You also don't know what you're doing at quarterback next season because if you lost Ryan Holinsky and Colin Hill went to the NFL or it went to the NFL draft. Let's just go with that. There's there's still a shot he gets drafted. There's a shot he doesn't. But they went 2-8 in 2020. They have major sides on both sides of the ball. The best thing that they have is Kevin Harris, 
who rushed for over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and averaged a league-high 6.2 yards per carry, he'll at least be able to move the ball. You need weapons. You have lost both your key receivers. You're losing Scott. Uh, you're losing uh, she, uh, she Smith as well. You need to find defenders who are going to come in and play immediately. And I don't see any of that right now for South Carolina. I think South Carolina could be a really fun team. And in a 12-game schedule next year, no games canceled. My bet is they're anywhere between two and ten, and five and seven. And five and seven with Shane Beamer and how this team is built. With all these Will Muschamp recruits that are trying to find their niche and rhythm, not a bad year. But definitely, they could be a 2-10 team. Just like I think Tennessee could be a 2-10 team. Just like I think that Vanderbilt can be a 2-10 team. All of these teams are bottom tier in the SEC. Tennessee should be higher, but I can't until I know who the higher is. Right now... They're in so many much shambles. But those would be my bottom three. That's my bottom tier. Definitely, they are not going bowling whatsoever. We've all been here before, right? Where something happens to our car. Nothing big, but we got to take it into the shop. And because of how many new models are coming out, we have to now wait for them to get the part, then bring the car back, for them to install the part that we could do at our own home, and then pay them a service fee on top of the shipping and handling fee for the part. Why not skip the middle ground and just go to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections from air part modules to seat cushions, all the way up to new brake pads. And more than that, you can get anything used for your Furbus Classic or your daily driving car. Their unique catalog allows you to find the part, the price, and more than that, the year model, and even if you really want to, the color for parts on, say, your truck. And the best part of all, their prices are super low and their shipping comes right to your door in a matter of days. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Lock on Aggies, presented by the Lock on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. 2020 is over, thank the Lord. 2021, it isn't starting off on the best note, but here's the good news. Much like you, and much like 2021, it's all about to change. And it could change with some money in your pocket. The best way to do so is by listening to Locked on Bets, the brand new sports show right here on Locked on Podcasts with your boy Q and Paramount Sports' Lee Sterling. They give you the best lines, the best bets, and the number one picks you must make all off season. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's keep this moving right along. This is going to be a long, long day, long, long list, so let's keep this going. Number 12 for me is going to be Mississippi State. I really have no idea what they're going to do. Will Rogers is coming back, which is helpful because Rogers was a guy who did come in and stepped up. He really did. KJ Costello was a name. Everyone was like, oh, well, he's going to be the next big name. Nope, man, he didn't do anything. He really struggled. So Will Rogers was the guy. They're bringing back running backs, Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson. They're going to have a great receiver, Jaden Wally. It takes time to learn the air raid offense. And more than any of that, I think when you break down what you are looking for on this roster, 
It's players who want to play in the SEC that probably are better suited for the Pac-12. And that will hurt in recruiting to say like Ole Miss. To, to, I'll throw Tennessee in there. I'll throw uh, Arkansas in there. It will hurt. But what I do think is that over time, you're eventually going to start seeing this be the more norm of college football. Maybe not the SEC, maybe not everywhere, but Mike Leach and the Air Raid system works out West. Players always want to come play in the SEC because of guess what? There's better recruiting, there's more people, there's better names, more volume, all of that. That's what I think is the selling point with Mississippi State. If you are a West Coast style guy, if you are coming from an Air Raid system, it allows you to go to the toughest conference and try and win. I still think they're about a year or two away. I expect with there being 12 games, them being about a 5-6-7 win team, I think you can put them in that same kind of pattern. They're right on the cusp of being pretty decent. Uh, Definitely a team to watch for, even if they do finish, say, last in the SEC West. I still think six wins is very plausible for this team. All right, uh, number... What are we on now? Uh, 10, I think. Yeah, I think we're on 10. I'm going to go right now at this moment. I'm going to go Arkansas. I'm I'm tempted to go with the team that's next, but I really want to see what happens. Who's the quarterback? Felipe Franks is gone. You now have to build your quarterback. You don't have a guy who's been playing in the SEC. Are you going to go with the young guy? You're going to go with the veteran who's been on the roster. They went 3-7 and seven last year. Sam Pittman did a fantastic job. And honestly, he should win the SEC Coach of the Year. He should have. There's not a question. They did not have a win in the realm of the SEC for two years. For two years. They got, they got three this year. That's a big deal. That's a very, very big deal. And they went down to the wire, and they almost got four. And they really should have probably gotten five. If not for the four-game skid at the end of the year, I really think that this would have been a hot team. I think Sam Pittman is a good hire. I think it's exactly what this team needs. They're very well coached. Their defense is going to be a name to watch for. I think the biggest thing of all that I really like about them is that they're a team that knows their identity. And they're going to be a team on the rise. Barry Odom has this team. I think Barry Odom eventually is also going to become a head coach once again because of where they're at. Number nine, I got to go with Auburn. I have no idea what Auburn's going to be. The biggest thing is that Brian Harson is an offensive specialist and he has worked his tail off at Boise State building this team to be successful. He was there for the final year of Kellen Moore. We know what he can do. There was that stretch where, you know, it went Hugh Freeze, then Gus Malzahn, then Brian Harson at uh, at Arkansas State. So he knows how to recruit in the area. It's how quickly can Bo Nix get up in this offense? Because Bo Nix has to be the guy. I still think that they're going to be good in the backfield. I think even though they're losing Seth Williams, even though they're losing Anthony Schwartz, they're really good at recruiting. They'll be in a good spot. I think the defense losing guys like Big Cat, uh, Big Cat Bryant to Tennessee of all places because he went there to go play with Kevin Steele is a loss. There's a lot of questions on what they're going to do on the defense side of the ball. 
I think the offensive line is going to be a big, big win. But the biggest thing of all, how's Bonex going to play? If Bonex plays really well, I think that they are probably maybe the fourth best team in the SEC West. You could probably put them same category as Ole Miss, maybe a little higher. If not, they're they're below. They are a hundred percent below. Let's go number eight. I'm gonna go right now with Kentucky. I think Kentucky has some good things to look forward to. Uh, you have the former Rams quarterbacks coach Liam Cohen taking over as the OC. Uh, Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood are gonna have a full year underneath their belt to compete for the starting job. I think adding back Josh Alley is a really good deal for the receiving core. Terry Wilson leaving the program really opens up, I think, a little bit more production. I think Gatewood is the better of the quarterbacks. I think he was a better quarterback than Terry Wilson. I really think Stoops just kept him in because of what he meant to the program. Chris Rodriguez as the running back, I think, takes a lot of pressure off either Gatewood or Allen. So they're going to be in good hands. I think the offense is going to be the key selling point. And if the defense can play a little bit better over time, they're going to be in a really good spot to probably take over as the next big team in the SEC East. Definitely a team on the rise. Real fast before we go to commercial break, uh, seven, I'm going to go with Missouri. I very much think Missouri is a team that surprised everyone last year. They were even better than average. Connor Balzac is going to have all the control. I really, really like the hire of Steve Wilkes. Bringing an NFL guy into the program that understands this team and you have them match an offense that averaged over 27 points last season is only going to get better with four of the five offensive linemen back on the team. So they're in a very good spot. I really did not like the Eli Drinkwitz hire when he first made it, but he's exactly what I think this team needs. They don't need a big time name. They don't need a guy who's going to come out of nowhere and be like, oh my God, I, you know, I am going to fix Missouri overnight. No, they're here to build for the future. And that's exactly what I think Missouri is. They're a team that understands who they are, where they stand. And I think that that's what's going to make them special and probably compete for I would say maybe nine wins next year. I would not be shocked if they got nine wins. College football season is over. The NFL season is over, but college basketball and the NBA are still going on, which means bets are at an all-time high. And the one place you need to go bet and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you all the up-to-date lines, all the up-to-date information, and gives you every single sport you could possibly imagine, helping you bet and make some cash today. Go visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That promo code is locked on for 50% off a welcome deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're also listening to Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy. The college football playoffs might be over, but the NFL draft is right around the corner. And that means there will be plenty of names across the Southeastern Conference looking to make the jump from the collegiate level to the NFL. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listing systems. Let's keep it going. Number six for me. I'm going to go LSU. I get it. I understand where people are sitting about LSU, how maybe there'll be a team to watch for. Maybe there'll be a team that is in the conversation of possibly, you know, a, a rebound year. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with either Miles Brennan, TJ Finley, or Max Johnson. All are going to be back. 
I think that when you look at the recruiting class, they're in a good spot. I think that the fact that they fired Bo Pelini after one season really helps them out. I really like that they went out and they got the quarterback coach from Carolina, Jake Peets, to come in. I mean, for the Saints. I really like that they're going to have a little bit more versatility. They're going to be a little bit more veteran. It was a year of rebuilding. A year that was definitely one that I think a lot of people realized quickly that this was going to be a team that needed time to heal. Now they're ready to heal. Top five. Let's start it off. Number five, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be a team to watch for. I think that they can really make a run. I'm not even joking. I I think that the way that Alabama's built right now, the way that A&M is built right now, I think they're the top two in the SEC West and right below, I mean legitimately right below them is Ole Miss. They have a top 25 team. They have a top 15 recruiting class. They average 6.97 yards per play. They're not losing a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Elijah Moore is the biggest name leaving. Matt Coral is coming back. They are going to have one of the best offenses in the SEC. And the running gun style that Kiffin loves to use is going to be so much fun to watch at Oxford. I'm not even joking when I say I think that they have a shot to be a New Year's Six team next year because they really do. This was a hire that I think a lot of people sat down and went, really? Lane Kiffin back in the SEC? He's learned, he's matured, he's grown up, and now I think that he is in a place where he is going to be able to take Missouri, uh, Ole Miss into this conversation of the next rising team in the SEC West. Four, Florida. I'm not going to go that much further. I think Florida is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think that you can make an argument that they are actually probably five, but because of how much competition is in the West, you probably put them at four. They're losing Kyle Trask. They're losing Darius Toney. They're losing Trayvon Grimes. They're losing Kyle Pitts. They're losing two of their defenders. They're losing one of their safeties. They're losing a lot this offseason, and they're losing an offensive lineman. Is Emory Jones the right guy? Can Todd Grantham's defense step up next season? Because if Todd Grant- Grantham's defense was good this year, they would have been in the college football playoff. 100%. They would have not lost to Oklahoma. Can this team be good? It's really nice to say, oh my God, yeah, they're a great team. They are built to win. Oh, yay, whoop de doo look at them. They're Florida because Florida plays in the SEC East. Yeah, they won a lot. They did not look like the best team in the SEC East at the end of the season. They started they started nosediving, and they struggled. A&M had their number, and a lot of other teams came pretty dang close. Can they build themselves up next season? Three, Alabama. A lot of people are going to give me slack for this. I'm an Alabama alum. I look at this team. I have no idea what to make of it. There is a very good shot. They are the best team in college football, once again. But they are losing offensive linemen. They are losing defensive linemen. They are losing so many stars. They rebuilt with their number one recruiting class. I think next year is a rebuilding year. That means a 10-2 and two year. They'll have two losses. A&M will be one. I don't know who the other one will be. They're a 10-2 and two team next year. That's not a bad thing. I think Bryce Young plays lights out. I think John Metchie shows I'm the next wide receiver you. I am the next wide receiver number one. 
they get there that they have guys like Josh Joey, guys like uh, Christian Harris, guys like Will Anderson, who can all be immediate contributors on the defense. I still think they lose two games next year. They're losing too much on the offense to be able to replace. Number two is Texas A&M. A lot of people are going to give me slack for this one too. They have a phenomenal roster, and I think that they will win the SEC West next year. I 100% think that with the running backs that they have in Devon A. Chain, in Isaiah Spiller, in uh, in uh, Anaya Smith, in, in weapons like uh, like Jalen Weidemeyer, they're in a really good spot. I think Mike Elko is going to be a head coach in 2022 because of what this defense is built around and how this team can work. They are so much fun to watch. Jimbo Fisher is the right guy. He is the good hire. He makes so much sense. They were one loss last year from being perfect. And they would have beaten Ole Miss this past year. I think next year they have one loss. I think they finish 11-1. I do not think it will be to Alabama. I think it will be to some random. I think it maybe will be to Ole Miss. I think maybe they'll lose to... Um, uh, yeah, honestly, right now, Ole Miss is the team. I think if they're finally in that conversation with Alabama, I think that LSU is still going to be about a year away. And I think that there's always this one team that upsets the contender. I think it'll be Ole Miss next year. I think this will be the first year since joining the SEC in 2012 that A&M will represent the SEC West down in Atlanta. Number one, I got to go with Georgia. Everything I like about Georgia, that they're just they're so much fun. And the biggest thing of all, they have the quarterback. You look at Alabama, you have no idea if Bryce Young's going to hit. You look at uh, LSU, who is it? You look at Florida, is Emory Jones the guy? Look at A&M, who's going to be the starter? They have JT Daniels. They have the guy who is, in my opinion, the best chance to rise up into the conversation with Sam Howell for that number one quarterback next year. If he can play at an elite level all season. You pair him with Zamir White in the backfield. You still have George Pickens. They have one of the best offensive lines. They're going to be scary. They're going to be dangerous. This is the Georgia team to worry about. Everyone's like, oh, well, they should have just gotten rid of Jake Fromm and played Justin Fields. Yeah, probably. Guess what? This was better. This was the one that was better. They had a three-year run as the number one team in the SEC East. They're about to be on a five-year run. They are talented. They are loaded. They have another top five recruiting class. Georgia, if they can stay out of their own way, can be undefeated next year, can be the number one school in the nation next year, they're going to be a fun, dangerous team to watch. And I will not be shocked if they are the best team when the year is said and done. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, we had a very special press conference with Jimbo Fisher earlier this week. We're going to be breaking down exactly what he said and what he believes the team will be looking forward to in 2021. We'll see you then. And remember, dig him, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.